0: Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for The Average Joe.
1: Welcome back to Grounds for Discussion. I am Becky. And I'm Laura. And today we have a little fun uh, podcast planned for you all. We're going to talk about some of our faves in the last couple of months and give some book recommendations. So I'm excited about this.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you are reading,
0: and I'm excited to
1: tell you (laughs) what I've read. (laughs) Yes,
0: because we kind of don't, I mean, we sort of purposely don't talk about it as much anymore because we sort of like to hold things back just in case we want to use stuff. Yes, or yeah, or if in case we want to do like this, where because you know, every once in a while
1: it's fun to have it. Which it actually used to be
0: a big part of what
1: we talked about. So it's oh like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We used to talk about what you're, what we were reading. That was our main all the time thing to talk yes. about. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so this will be fun. We don't get to yeah. do this as often anymore.
1: So, uh, are you drinking a coffee this morning? Of, cor- uh, of course.
0: Yes. Yeah. What you got? Um, I have. I've been drinking this for a couple months now. Um, it's Charleston Coffee Roasters. Hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that brand, but um, I think they make a, a pretty, a pretty good bean. A pretty good bean. Hmm. Hmm. Is um, it local? No, it's Charleston, um, South Carolina. Oh, so okay. Yeah, it's it's just a little roastery, and is that what it's cool. called? Ro- How'd you roaster, hear about it? I didn't. I just saw him in the store and I was like, I'll give this a try. And I just really liked it. So I've been, nice. the last couple of months I've been, cool. this is what I've been sipping on and I enjoy it. Nice. Um, yeah. And I have to say too, and this is totally has nothing to do with, you know, what I'm drinking at the moment, but <laughs> I did, um, go on a little trip, well, I was telling Becky I went on a trip with, with my husband over a couple weekends, and <laughs> I had some really good coffee at a few different uh. places. One of the places was literally in a gas station, but it was its Ooh. own coffee roaster. What like, was it called? A little, it was called Arise Coffee, okay. okay. and it was really good. I was huh. really surprised. I yeah. was
1: telling Nathan uh, Saturday, like a couple of days ago, we had gone on a date and he saw this place called Bison, White Bison, I think is what it's called, coffee. And he's like, oh, have you tried that place? And I was like, yeah, I tried it, but it's in a gas station. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, just the ambiance, like it was a kind of a cute place, but I was like, oh, I just, I don't know if I can do it just because yeah. part of the drinking experience for me is the ambiance.
0: And I totally understand that. The only reason I tried this place was because we were staying at an Airbnb, Uh and they had a little, like, welcome packet thing or whatever, you know, in in the the place, and it just had different, like, local recommendations, and it was like, Arise Coffee, it's, it's, don't, it's in a gas station, but don't be fooled, (laughs) like, it's, it's, they're their own coffee roaster, and it's really good, or whatever, like, it's, it's legit. I was like, Okay, you know, so we go there, and of course, we were on a trip, so we were, like, making little day trips all around the area. This was um, Mm -hmm. in High, we were staying in, um, well, we were staying in Live Oak, Florida, but a lot of the stuff was around High Springs, Florida, uh, that we were going to, and so, um, so I was like, well, okay, I'll try it, because I say it's really good, and we're not going to be staying anyway, We're I'm going to grab it and go, because we were going to all these springs. And so I knew I was going to be taking it to go, no matter where I went. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, "Well, I'll try it since we're not sitting down yeah. anyway." Yeah, and yeah, no, I wouldn't have wanted to sit down there. <laughs> not because yeah. it was bad; it was just it's a gas station. Like, yeah, really, yeah, you know. But um, but the coffee was really good. Well, I was that's really impressed. Fun. Discovering I was like, new oh coffee my gosh. places. Yeah, I was really impressed. I'm like, cool. they're doing a good job over there. Hmm. So. <laughs> Look at you, keep keeping low overhead and making good coffee. I can get on board <laughs> with that. You know? and well, I would have bought some like beans, except yeah. for the fact that I we had one more day of of doing little trips, and I was like, "Well, I'll get some tomorrow." Mm. Well, we went back. It happened to be a Sunday because it was our last day, and we were going to be traveling back, which happened to be a Sunday. Uh-huh. So, um, and they, were they weren't closed? open, and I was like, oh, "You know what? Sad. Personally, I'm sad." But in every other way, good on ya. Like, yeah, <laughs> you. Like yeah. you're closed on Sunday. Look at you. Like not yeah, because I rare. feel like you have to be closed on Sunday, but only because like, you know, hey, that's cool. Yeah. You're giving yeah. you giving your people Sunday off. Like Everybody needs a Sabbath. Exactly. So yeah. I mean personally, yes, very sad. I wanted some. But right. <laughs> you know <laughs> Can you order it online? I might have to look, because seriously, I would totally yeah. buy it. It was really yeah.
1: good. So go. I just heard about this coffee, which uh, today I'm having just a a regular caramel um, coffee with, actually, I put, like, a salted caramel cool whip on top, uh, sure. which is amazing. But yes. I heard about this coffee called Seven Weeks Coffee, and I haven't tried it yet, but I did. <gasps> have order...
0: you heard of this? I want to try that stuff.
1: Yeah, I just ordered some, and I got, like, the cheapest one. Like, it's $8 or something. But I heard about it on a different podcast, and I was like, I want to try this and see if I actually like it. Because yes. if I do, I would
0: totally support them over, yes. like, Starbucks. I um, know. I was I was doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, I should totally... Like, I haven't yeah. bought me yet, but I really want to try it. So, apparently, yeah. it like, they call it seven weeks
1: coffee because... Like a baby is as big as a coffee bean at seven weeks, yeah. And a lot of their money goes towards um, uh, pregnancy pregnancy. centers, yeah. And also they do like twice the amount of um, like fair trade pay for yeah, like they farms in Ethiopia, yeah. Yes. So like everything about it is like these these are you know fair people so.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um. And they. I know. You know. You are gonna have to tell me. Support, so. Yes. You're gonna yeah. have to tell me how it is because yes, frankly, even if it's not that great, if it's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> good enough is good enough for me. I mean, and in, the, in this which instance, which
1: wouldn't interest you, but you could buy in bulk too on their website, which is so cool. It's like churches, yeah, could buy in bulk. You know. Yeah. Totally. Um, so anyway, I thought that was really cool so i'm gonna try some of that and i'm hoping it's coming in this week uh i i ordered it last week so we'll see but i'll let nice. you know i'll keep you updated.
0: cool yeah awesome yeah. i don't remember how i heard about them i think i saw them on facebook or something i was like what okay. i gotta check this out you know like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. really cool
1: yes their whole mission and um is-
0: seriously like almost all of the money goes to like pregnancy centers yes. and the farmer. Farmers. yeah so well they do uh, yeah. 10
1: i think they do 20 percent. i i could be wrong i think they they do a certain percentage which is over the tithing percentage to the pregnancy centers i believe
0: yeah yeah um, like a ton of money going straight to pregnancy centers and farmers and then of course they have to make a living off it but right yeah <sighs> like really cool mm-hmm. yeah so i'm really hoping i like it <laughs> I know, but seriously, I'm not kidding. Like if it wouldn't have to be stellar for me to I be know, like, oh, I know. I'm still going to, I'm still going to get some, you know?
1: Yeah. 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 So anywho, I am nice. ready for
0: this discussion. I want
1: yeah, to know what it. you are reading. Bring
0: it. Okay. So I already told Becky this, but just to put it out there, mine are all just novels. So I don't mm-hmm. have like a bunch of categories for you, unfortunately. Which is A-okay. okay um, I have to say, personally, I'm in a little bit of a book slump at the moment, which was why I was nervous um, for this one. Sad. I'm sad. Reading, well, I'm reading a book that I enjoy right now, but I feel like I've okay. had several where I'm like, eh, yeah, it was all right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm coming mm. off a few where it's like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I might be in trouble for this. But then <laughs> when I kind of look back over the last couple of months and stuff, I was like, oh, I have read some good ones not too yes. far back. These yes. aren't the most recent that I've read, but, you know, they're close enough. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So give me, give me a
1: recommendation.
0: Okay. So my first one is Station Eleven. <gasps> yes. Laura. Yes. yes. Did I tell you about this book? (sighs) Maybe. I might have,
1: because I heard about it from Nathan, who heard about it from a teacher friend. And I read it, like, a year or two ago, maybe?
0: Yeah, it's not brand new or anything. But, okay, so here's, I'll give you a little, like, synopsis. I know you know, but for for everybody else. Okay. So, set in the days of civilization's collapse... Station Eleven tells the story of a Hollywood star, his would-be savior, like someone who tries to like literally save his life, and a nomadic group of actors roaming the scattered outposts of the Great Lakes region, risking everything for art and humanity. One snowy night, a famous Hollywood actor slumps over and dies on stage during a production of King Lear. Hours later, the world as we know it begins to dissolve. Moving back and forth in time from the actor's early days as a film star to 15 years in the future, like past when, when the world starts caving, uh-huh. when a theater troupe known as the Traveling Symphony roams the wasteland of what remains, this suspenseful, elegiac, spellbinding novel charts the strange twists of fate that connect five people, the actor, the man who tried to save him, The actor's first wife, his oldest friend, and a young actress with the traveling symphony caught in the crosshairs of a dangerous, self-proclaimed prophet. So that is, like, super not helpful in some ways, but also, like, (laughs) kind of like, what? What? Uh Like, there's so many things going on, but, Uh like, when you start reading, it all comes together, and it won't be confusing, I promise. Uh But... I so enjoyed this book. Yes, I I just thought it was super. Like it's definitely I would put it in the sort of like dystopian category yeah. because uh-huh. a lot of it follows sort of the decline of Western, at least at least the United States. But if I'm remembering right, I think it was the world. Like it travels uh-huh. the world, and things start to fall apart. And so you have this this they call they call themselves a traveling symphony, and they're uh-huh. literally it's almost like old school like bards wandering the country Uh, as a group uh um partly for protection and partly because they want to live as actors and musicians Uh so they go around doing plays and kind of keeping the arts alive because there's not a lot Uh like that remains of like books and stories and and all of that. So, um yeah, and, and that's just a very brief whatever. Uh-huh. It's so much bigger than that. But anyway, um yeah. that's my little my little take on it. But anyway, I yeah, I thought it was just a really fun read and an interesting yes. um look at like, okay, what would happen if the bottom fell out and like how yeah. would that look and what yeah. would happen to like books and what would happen to you know, theater and yeah, it, it, was, it was it was good.
1: So yeah. yeah, and didn't didn't the people kind of have to choose like which group they would go with and like that was yeah. kind of the group that would protect you and take care of you. It was your community. Yeah, like um,
0: the, yeah, like you formed like troops of yeah, you know whatever you wanted to kind of surround yourself with basically uh-huh. and. And really it was kind of a lot of it was based on like happenstance, like who's around you when it all falls apart. Yeah. yeah. And part of it's based on like what you wanna be as a individual and as a community. Yeah. And part of it's like so it's 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 just interesting. Like because mm-hmm. you really you really do start to think about all of the the, the ways that you would have to sort of decide, mm-hmm. um who you want to be in a way that I don't think that we have to maybe always think about in modern right. society. Yeah. Um, Cause if you're going to switch groups, that's a big deal. You're right. And you, yeah. And you might not even like, you might end up getting killed because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it might not work, you know, but like
1: was, from one I or remember, the other group might not be happy it, about
0: that. So it was
1: kind of like the wild west a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Am I remembering yeah. that correctly? Yeah, and it's not it's, it's so interesting to me too because there's not even really like a lot of information about yeah. um, the area that's not immediately in front of you. So they have sort of this like yeah okay the 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 the, the um, symphony has this um, route that they always uh-huh. travel. Yes. Like every year they travel this same route along uh-huh. like by the Great Lakes, and they kind of like are like well what if we went a little further this year? And they're like, well, I don't know, because we really don't know. You know, like, I mean, it's Uh just, like, a big deal to even think about, like, traveling a little further than what they know for sure. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So never mind, like, the rest of what used to be the country. I mean, California, that's, like, the moon. Okay? All right. You know, like, why even bother thinking about it? You know? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's really interesting. I really enjoyed it. I... I really, really liked that book
1: too. And it's been, like I said, it's been a while. So that would be one that I would probably be willing to reread because I remember just really, really liking it.
0: So good pick. And what's funny funny too is it was written in 2014. And I do think that, I know, right? And I really think that, um, I mean, I'm trying to remember when Dystopian became so big because I feel like it, it, like for sure, yeah. when we were young, I don't remember reading a lot of like dystopian like novels. Well,
1: but The Giver is dystopian, and that I remember true. I read in
0: high school. True, but it's out there, but I feel like as a genre, I in think itself, it became
1: really big. At least in my mind, the Divergent series,
0: yeah, and or I even Hunger Games, maybe. Written. Yeah. And Hunger but, Games for me, yes, I felt like was yep, was some games. of the first Which I to really was make me think. Around the same time, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But so. I mean, I know it's always been a thing, but I think it's just become so popular yes. in the last uh-huh. I mean Well, in the in the in the twenty first century, at yes. some point, I don't know for when sure. exactly, but yeah. anyway. Um. So I find it interesting that this is not a brand new book. You know, she wasn't writing this after the pandemic or anything, right? Um. So yeah. Yeah. Good, All right, back choice. Okay, give me so. a
1: book. <laughs> Here is my first one. I I did kind of try and choose like some different categories just to give it a little bit of a variety. Um, so some of you who have been faithful listeners might remember that we did, um, in episode 31, we did um, a book called Salt to the Sea by Ruta Septis. Mm-hmm. Is that how you yep. say your last name? So I really enjoy her writing, and actually, her name came up because she apparently was at Micah's school. My oldest son. She was at his school, like signing books for her newest book, which I did not realize, and and he told me afterwards, and I was like, "Are you serious? Oh no! I totally oh, would have sad. done that." And he's like, "I could have, I could have." I could have bought the book and gotten her to sign it, but I don't want to talk to her. Oh, that's sad. And I was like, oh my God, I would have come. I would have come to the school, which is probably why he didn't tell me. But um, (laughs) so anyway, this book that I read is historical fiction and it is by Rudiceptus and it's called The Fountains of Silence.
0: And whenever I find an author,
1: author that I really like, I usually try to find you know, other books that they have written. And I really did yeah. enjoy Salt to the Sea. It's another historical fiction. Um, and so I was like, oh, I saw it. Actually, I saw it on audiobooks and it didn't have any holds. And I was like, oh, I know that author. <laughs> I'm going to read that one. So That's um, awesome. it actually takes place during the dictatorship of Francisco Fra- Franco. who was was a dictator in Spain. Spain. Um, And this particular book takes place in 1957. And it follows, just like it does with her other book, it follows four different characters. Um, Okay. One of the characters, his name is Daniel, and he actually was born in Texas, but his mom was from Spain, and his dad is a big oil typhoon guy. So they were visiting Spain to... um, make a deal, essentially, with Spain. And he... Um, whatever you call oh, about. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a photojournalist. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they're staying, his family, his mom, him, his dad, and him are staying at this really nice hotel while his dad makes these deals in Spain. And then there's a girl named Anna who, uh, her whole family lives in Spain. She grew up there and she works at the hotel. So they kind of become friends. And then she has a brother, um, named Rafa who, um, you follow his story and he's really big into like his friend wants to be a bullfighter. And, um, and then Anna's cousin Purry, I think, is her name. Um, She works at one of the adoption homes caring for these children that are going to be adopted, like these babies. So there's a couple different storylines going on, but the main characters are Anna and Daniel, and then uh, you follow some of the side stories where Rafa... So, Puri, the cousin, um, you find out some interesting history about Spain and, like, child trafficking, essentially, and um, Mm. uh, these babies were, like, (laughs) these babies were being taken away from their families and given to people who supported the dictator, um, Franco, and... And they were being raised, you know, they were, they were being taken away from the families and told, they would tell the families, like these Catholic orphanages would tell the families that their child had died. Um, like they would help with the birth and sell them to families who supported the di- the dictator. So that's wow. a whole side story. Um, yeah. But this was such a good Book and I actually just finished it this morning, this morning. Um, oh wow! But. Uh...
0: Mhm. She's is she like um like Lithuanian or Estonian or Ooh, something? You know, I don't know. Um, she's I can't remember, but she's I want to say she's like. Maybe Baltic or something. She's from somewhere, okay. right? Um, but her that book that we reviewed before was also yes. about, like, a different culture. And I feel like she yes. does that a lot. She
1: does. And actually, I read the author's note afterwards. And she talked about how with every other story that she has written, it has been somewhere in her family history in the past. And this was kind of the first mm, book okay. that hasn't been. And so oh, she okay. felt like... Uh, this story needed to have more than one aspect to it. So instead of just following okay. Anna, uh, that's why she kind of brought in the story of Daniel as well, who, okay. you know, was from Texas and was an American. Um, and it oh, it's just so well-written. Um, but I also love how she... Um, She put in between chapters, she had like these archives that from what she had researched and she would put in little snippets of real news articles or um, quotes from, you know, the dictator or quotes from people who had gone over (laughs) to Spain from America, journalists. And it was just so interesting to hear what these people really had to say about yeah. what was going on and you know some of the corruption and so interesting so that was really cool about the book too but the whole theme and you could probably tell from the the um actual book it's called the fountains of silence but the theme of the book throughout a big theme was silence um And when to speak up and when not to speak up and like Hmm. some of these people were facing persecution and they spoke up and um, some people kind of held back for appearances sake. And it was just really interesting at the end, um, especially one of the nuns talks about how standing up for what is right and what is true is ultimately more important than being silent and being quote-unquote safe so yeah. um, it, w- it was a really good wow. book like each character kind of had a secret that they had to wrestle with and they had to decide like is this safe for me or should I put this out there or should I be silent about it um, and I think pretty much one of the main themes was just you know should I be silent or does truth uh trump silence so it for me wow. it read a lot cool. like a suspense book um because every chapter oh, was okay. just really like what's gonna happen next type of feel um and it was very easy to read for me it and yeah i just it was a really
0: really good book i loved it highly nice. recommend Awesome. So yeah. I, just so you know, and you probably can hear this from your end, but I'm literally on Goodreads right now so that oh. I can, like, look through your stuff. <laughs> and whichever ones you're talking about, I'll just – I'm just adding it right to my want-to-read list. So yes, click. Yes. Yep. Fountains of Silence, want-to-read.
1: Okay. And that's another – and it, that is definitely – I know I haven't read all of her stuff, um, that author. So it – it makes me excited to like read more of her her books, yeah, and apparently yeah. she has a new one out. Hello, could have gotten oh, an nice. author signing, <laughs> right?
0: So I don't know what it is, but
1: I know there's more to come. So yeah,
0: that's so exciting. okay. Last time we read her, and I've only. I think I've only read the one of hers that we did for the podcast. To the um, but, um, yes, so yeah. um, last time we read hers, I thought I remembered finding out that she, her stuff is technically classified as, like, young adult or something. Was yes, that the case she, with this she, one as well?
1: Yeah, she did talk about that in the author's note. She said it's kind of a dual, you know, it's it's historical fiction, but it also can be categorized as adult fiction, which... okay. Or not adult fiction, I'm sorry, uh, youth. Um, Okay. But the only thing that really made me think that it could be, number one, there was no sexual content. There was no, I don't think there was any swearing. So it's like, is that really how we're going to (laughs) categorize? Like just clean reading is No, I I wouldn't. Because I know that some youth books still have those things. So I don't understand. Yeah, they do. Why, I I don't know. I think that's,
0: well, that's kind of why I asked you if this one yeah. is, is categorized that way as well, because I, I just remember being sort of surprised that it was yeah. categorized that way because I didn't see why it wouldn't yeah. just be fiction. Um, not because there was any content where I was like, oh, kids shouldn't right. be reading this necessarily, right. just because... I wouldn't have known. I just couldn't. Usually exactly. you can tell with the um, the book covers and the jackets and yeah. everything. It, mm-hmm. Usually it's very obvious when it's marketed for youth. Yeah. Um, again, don't know what all goes into all that because frankly, like you said, I literally, the last book I read with my kids, I was editing as I was reading because there was cursing yeah. in it. Yes. So, and I'm like, and it's, it's, it's not, I don't even think it was young adult. I think it was like, Kind of a kid's book, you know, like yeah. sixth grade maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. fifth which sixth grade is, somewhere wow. in
1: there.
0: Yeah. Ugh, so
1: so frustrating. I know it's
0: frustrating. Um, which was part of why I was glad that I was reading yeah. it to them instead of them yeah. reading it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, and the book was great. It just I couldn't figure out why there was cursing in it. Yeah. So I'm just well, okay as I go on the fly. <laughs> but
1: so Anna, that's why I was asking Anna about this the one. The two main characters, Anna and Daniel they are I believe like 16 and 18 so they are okay. younger but then okay, probably I don't know the last couple chapters it skips ahead like 18 years or something like that and so they're older but I really I would recommend this to anybody and it doesn't read like a kid book at all I don't I wouldn't categorize it as that I think I don't okay. know why people would say that it's youth other than there's not explicit stuff in it, but like you said, oh, they're they're the case. You, whether it has that or not. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. Do you have another one? Of course. You know okay. I do. Um,
0: so again, do just know a you do. <laughs> um, just a novel as well. But and uh-huh. I've done. A few of his, but it really started with the podcast. We okay. read one of his books, um, Kazu Ishiguro. And oh, he was the one yes. who wrote. Yeah, I had never read him before the podcast. Uh-huh. So um, he wrote um, Clara and the Sun, yes. which we talked about on yep, the podcast. Yeah, that was an episode. And ever since then, I've kind of been looking up his books to, s- uh-huh. to see some more of what he's written. And I've read several of them now. And I just really love his stuff. But anyway, yeah. the one I'm that curious I'm gonna which re-
1: one you're going to say. Yeah.
0: So this one is called Never Let Me Go. Oh, I and, have not read this one. Okay. Okay. I really enjoyed it. So first okay. of all, um, Kazuo Ishiguro, obviously I believe Japanese descent, yes. uh-huh. but, um, he, is, he was the, I don't know if he still is, I don't know how it works, but he was the Nobel laureate in literature, mm-hmm. and he, um, he, he and his family moved to England in 1960, so okay. he's, for all intents and purposes, like, culturally, he's British, mm-hmm. um, and so he just does an amazing, I just think in all his books, yeah. he does an amazing job of, like, this very, like, quintessentially British voice, almost, Yeah, and he just sets the, the scene, um, so, like, I don't know. Like, I always just feel like I'm in the middle of some, like, little English town or something. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but he always has, like, some kind of twist. And it usually has something to do with memory mm-hmm. and how memory impacts our understanding of the world and yeah. um, even who we are as people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I did before, I'm just going to read a little synopsis yeah. here to give you just an overview of what it's about. Um. Hellsham or Halesham? I don't know how to say it. Hel- or Halesham, because it's British, so it ends in H A M. So maybe it's <laughs> Halesham? Yeah. Don't know. I'm going to say hailsham I'll go with it. Halesham seems like a pleasant English boarding school, far from the influences of the city. Its students are well tended and supported, trained in art and literature, mm-hmm. and become just the sort of people the world wants them to be. But, curiously, they are taught nothing of the outside world. And are allowed very little contact with it. Within the grounds of Hailsham, Kathy grows from schoolgirl to young woman, but it's only when she and her friends, Ruth and Tommy, leave the safe grounds of the school, as they always knew they would, that they realize the full truth of what Hailsham is. Or Hailsham, I'm still not sure how to say it. Never Let Me Go breaks through the boundaries of the literary novel. It's a gripping mystery a beautiful love story, and also also a scathing critique of human arrogance and a moral examination of how we treat the vulnerable and different in our society. Uh, huh. In exploring the themes of memory and the impact of the past, Ishiguro takes on the idea of a possible future to create his most moving and powerful book to date, so um, I think this one. Let's see, this one was published in two thousand five, so it's okay. not it's not a new book or anything. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was so like it's one of those books where you're sort of fed little bits and pieces as you go along. Mm. And the whole time you're sort of trying to figure out like, what is this school and why are they there? Hmm. And why are there no, like they never interact with their parents or anything. It's just the teachers. Hmm. And even the teachers are sort of kind of like they keep themselves at a distance, even though it's a boarding school. Hmm. So they're living there full time. Um, And so are the teachers. Hmm. But, Something about the kids is different and you never really understand, like, why are, like, they're treated as a, as different, but you, but not, not totally. It's just, it's one of those where you're like, you're from the very first page, you're like, where am I? Like, what's uh, happening? And a huh. little bit, like, by little bit, you get the picture. Okay. It's like an artist painting these little brush strokes uh-huh. all over the canvas. Huh. And then eventually it just clicks and snaps into focus. And you're like, oh, that's what I'm looking at. You know, like yeah. it was so obvious. You know,
1: yeah.
0: Um, why wasn't it obvious? You know, but yeah. So <laughs> cool. I, I really, en- I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna read that. Um, yeah, you'll have to let me know how you feel because again, he is one where I could see some people kind of being bored to tears, but mm-hmm. I love his writing.
1: I, I find it. I I really enjoyed oh, so Claire in the Sun. What I've noticed about him is that each book that I pick up of his is written so like the stories are so vast. Like yes, Claire in the Sun. That kind of author you wouldn't think would write <laughs> a book like that, or you know, I'm trying to remember. Did he write before the coffee gets cold? Did you read that? I actually don't know that one. Okay. I don't know that one. I'll have to look that one up. It's about this, uh, the opportunity to go back in time, essentially. And it's this one coffee shop. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but it also, I, I mean,
0: I enjoyed it, but, okay. yeah. I'm oh curious. I just looked it up and I think I have seen that book but I've never read it. Um is that, that one is oh my gosh, I don't know how to say his name. Toshikazu oh, okay. Kawaguchi. Okay, so it's a different um, author. And it almost looks like he has several that sort of sound the same. So there's Before the Coffee Gets Cold, Tales from the Cafe, mm. Before Your Memory Fades. Okay. Before we say goodbye. So there's a bunch of like before novels. Okay. I don't know if they're related or not. That's I'll have to check that out. What Interesting. else did this author write? Oh, um, he's, he hasn't, he's not one of these where he's like writing a book every year. Exactly, so he hasn't yeah. written as much as, as, um, some authors that we've read, but he's written this one. He's written, um, he wrote the remains of the day, which may, most people would yep. remember, um, for the movie title. Yep. And again, tons of people, <laughs> Yeah. thought that it was the most boring movie they ever saw in the world. And really? I can and, and I can under I haven't seen it, but I could imagine that would maybe be kind of a huh. boring movie. But I love the book. So yeah. huh. go figure. I don't know. And okay. again, like like I said, I think a lot of people might find his writing kind of boring, but I find it so subtle and mm. so um carefully woven mm. and just very Um, delicately placing little bits of information like breadcrumbs all the way, you know, like that's his style and I, I love it. But again, maybe not for everybody. Well, I'm definitely going to read uh, your recommendation because it sounds really interesting. And he has several more that I still haven't read. He's written, I'm looking at his page right now. Like I said, okay. I'm on Goodreads because I wanted to be prepared. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I'm going to be clicking on everything you say. Um, but he's written, looks like maybe 10 or 12 books over his career. So not a ton, okay. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they're good. They're not yeah. a, yeah. you'll get one every year, but they're uh when it comes out, check it out. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Cool. And it spans some time, too, because I know, like, um, The Remains of the Day, I think he wrote that in the 80s, so he's, I mean, okay. he's, he's not prolific, but I just uh-huh. think hes he's got some really cool works. So, huh. anyway. Cool. Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro. Okay. Written down. Next. <laughs> Next. Okay.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> this one, um, I guess it's a self-help book. I don't know. I mean, it's about parenting, but um, okay. don't drop out if you aren't a parent, because... So, it's called No Drama Discipline. It's by Daniel J. Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson, and okay. um, it's based on the whole brain theory. Um, so, the subtitle, I guess, is called The Whole Brain Way to Calm the Chaos and Nurture Your Child and Developing Mind. So... Obviously, this book is heavily based on research, but the goal, it it talks about the goal of discipline. What is discipline? What do you want to accomplish when you discipline? And kind of going back to the basics of discipline isn't just punishment, right? We want to teach our kids. So if I want to teach my child something from what has happened, then I need to take into consideration how my child learns so most of the time we use you know consequences for discipline but and and there is you know a time and place for that but it's all about like a balance not every circumstance may require a consequence and Mm -hmm. uh, so it talks about how studies have shown that connection and redirection actually are more productive in getting your child to cooperate and learn than any other discipline strategy. So um, that's awesome. It talks about she, well, they both uh, have this continuous theme throughout the book. So they have four major, like strategies, I guess you would call them, when you're planning to teach in discipline. The first one is communicating comfort, then validating then listening, then reflecting. And it's a circle, so it just keeps going. So with communicating comfort, you're giving your kids love physically. So you're giving them physical affection and their brain chemistry is actually changing while you are doing that. Because when a child is in like fight or flight, like when they get in trouble and they know they're in tri- trouble, their body produces serotonin, right? So. When you have high levels of serotonin in your brain, you are not able to think clearly. Like, physically, you are not able to do it. So, right. it's not just that they're trying to, you know, get out of something or get away from something. They are in fight or flight if they are in right. trouble. Yep. So, um, they are unable to learn in that mm-hmm type of environment so the goal in communicating comfort is to get on down to their level to somehow touch them in a loving way it can be a touch you know to the hand it can be like holding you know their their uh, shoulder any sort of like communicating comfort to them that's the first step um and then um after the comfort like a, some sort of gentle touch you want to validate their feelings so you want to let them know that they're being heard and understood and for me this has been a big step because at, i i'm okay with communicating comfort like that kind of comes naturally to me not necessarily in discipline but like it comes much more naturally to me than Validating <laughs> because mm-hmm. the validating can get into some hard territory, I feel like. Because you don't want to validate mm-hmm. what they're doing, but you want to validate that they are being heard. So, yes. yep. Um, uh, I actually have a quote from the book, it's on page 127. Um, I'm going to read it real quick. It says, think about it. How does it make you feel when you're upset and maybe not handling yourself well and someone tells you that you're just tired or that whatever's bothering you isn't that big of a deal and you should just calm down. When we tell our kids how to feel and how not to feel, we invalidate their experiences and then that gives you no basis (laughs) like they're not going to listen to you if they think well they're not going to understand so I'm not going to talk to them about it and when I put myself in their shoes I could totally understand I'm not going to talk to mom about this because she's just going to say this this and this and I I have actually I've had my kids say that to me and it's a humbling experience because you have to kind of backtrack and be like whatever you say at this in this moment I am going to listen to you. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. that I'm going to say that what you did was okay. But that kind of comes later. The validating part is right. just about hearing them. Yep. Um so then the third part of that is listening. So that requires me to stop talking. Because lecturing is not going to work in this time. If you think about someone that comes after you and tries to lecture you and you kind of get angry and upset, you start thinking of defenses in your mind, you're not listening to what they're saying. You can't understand the logic behind, you know, what they're saying when your mind is on sensory overload. So a big part of this listening technique is they talk about chasing the why, why is my child acting like this? And once I understand why they're acting like this, then I can come up with an appropriate response or I can help them, help them reflect. So that's the last part where you communicate back to them what they've told you so that they know that you have listened to them. And then from there you can go into like basic. Okay, let's, let's, do some apathy here let's talk about like Mm -hmm. how the other person might feel you ask them questions not just lecturing and pointing your finger at them because again if their brain chemistry is in sensory overload They cannot physically take in that information. So you have to ask questions and help them arrive at a conclusion that's like, oh, I guess I can understand how that person feels when I do this. Because isn't that what we want to teach our children? We want to teach them how to have relationships with people. And when you X, Y, or Z, you know, hit someone or, you know, lash out or... Treat someone in a certain way. Me lecturing at them is not really. It's actually counterintuitive. Like it's not really the right way yeah, to teach them how to do something. <laughs> I'm doing exactly the opposite of what I
0: want them to do. Right. So um, that is so interesting, and everything you're saying sounds so much like another book that I read not too mm. long ago. Um, it was called Scene. And um, it's actually written by a youth pastor and then a, um, I think she's like a clinic, uh, licensed psychologist, something, Hmm. I don't know. But they're both, they're both Christians. And um, so the one is coming at it more from the, like, he's like a youth leader. Okay. And the other one's coming at it more from the side of, like, counseling and all of that. And they're talking about, like, basically how to build stronger relationships mm-hmm. with the children in your life yeah. because yeah. The, um, the the sort of, like, lecturing and all that is not what motivates action. Right. right. And they talk exactly about what you said, like, when their brain is in emotional overload, mm-hmm. they are not available for teaching. Yep. Period. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you physically can't, even as adults – when it's the same. That's how our brains function. Yeah. And so, yeah, it goes into a lot of, uh, not a lot, but, like, some of the sort of clinical aspects of, life. Yeah. um, And this one leans more to... it's The the thrust is about... Okay, so it's got a a sort of subtitle called Despair and Anxiety Mm. in Kids and Teenagers and Mm. the Power of Connection. Mm -hmm. And it talks about how we don't... We're not just trying to fix... A behavior anyway. Exactly. That's that's not the goal here. Right. You know, the goal is not get them to stop doing X, Y, Z. Right. That's way too, especially as a Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. so not the point. The point exactly. is your heart. Mm-hmm. And I want, and we are motivated by relationships. Yes. So if I don't come from a place of relation, of hearing you. uh mm-hmm. And saying, I am, in this moment, I am right here with you. Yeah. And I will feel this with you. Yes. And I will walk, you know, like, then, yeah, they come, they end up in a place of despair. Yeah. If they don't have that. If they don't have someone in their life who will do exactly what you said. Yeah. Like, validate Yep. They're feeling not the, not the thing they did. Right. Right. I mean, we're not given a carte blanche to do whatever you want to do. Nobody's saying right. that. Just validate what they are feeling. Right. And connect with them. Mm-hmm. Like both physically and with yep. the fact that I can understand what you're feeling. Yeah. And then walk them through, okay, the questions of what is, you know. How would that make you feel? Or just right. the the, prob- the probing questions that let them explore.
1: Exactly. What's and really when underneath. they can come up with a solution, okay. that is teaching them how to deal with relationships. Yes. That is teaching them how yep. to deal with things that are going to come up in their life that they will have to have to encounter without you someday. Yep. And don't exactly. you want to give them the tools that they need to process that and be able to come up with a solution on their own eventually.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. And it's all about relationships. So it's not necessarily, I mean, obviously this book is geared more towards parents, but it's a good standard of practice for anybody. When you yes. yep. when you disagree with somebody about something and there's a heated, whatever, debate or discussion to communicate, Hey, listen, I love you. (laughs) You know, I love you. And I hear what you're saying and what you're saying. It sounds like you're saying this and be able to repeat it back to them and then to sit and Mm -hmm. listen to what they have to say and then ask Mm -hmm. questions. Didn't Jesus do that? Didn't he ask questions to help people get to the, the desired outcome and being able to let people process that in their own way, in their own time, I think is, is biblical.
0: Okay. So give me the title again.
1: It's called no drama discipline and it's by Daniel J. Siegel. And let me see, Tina Payne. Okay. Yep. Okay. On the list. So, and it's one of those where I am still working through this book. I'm like, maybe, yeah, I'm more than halfway, but, um, it's one of those that you have to kind of take really slowly because there's, it can get very overwhelming, you know? Yeah. Um, but well, you're,
0: you're retraining your, yourself to react differently than you have your entire life. Exactly. Yeah. When, you know, like you were saying, this isn't just for parents, this is for everybody. Yeah. Because like you said, um, I think so often I mean we just see so much of it now where people just want to shout each other down and yeah. we know that's not doing anything. Exactly. We know this, but mm-hmm. it's like we can't think of we somehow we just think if we just do it one more time, we'll have right. a different outcome. I mean, it's right. kind of, it's that's the, you know, they talk about the definition of insanity being mm-hmm. <laughs> you <yep. laughs> doing the same yes. thing over and over and hoping for a different outcome. Yeah. Um so we know that that doesn't work and us Especially as Christians, we know that we are called to a, a different way.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and that that Jesus has been so patient and kind with us right. in how He woos us. Yep. And then we think that we're going to turn around and do it with force by with someone right. else. Right. I, no, this is about the allowing the Spirit to. Retrain yeah. how we move about in the world and how mm-hmm. we, how we interact with people. with conflict, ideological yeah. conflict, yeah. and people who um, don't know the Lord and don't yep. or whatever you know. You're right. Um, yeah. It's and that is not easy, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not something you can just work yourself into. You're going to need right. the Holy Spirit to help retrain you. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah, that's big stuff. Yep. Yeah. But
0: it's such a good book. It's really good. Um, nice. I would
1: highly recommend it.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that, like, I mean, I think it's so weird that we have this, but there is sort of like a science versus faith thing that mm, we, yeah. for some reason, can't seem to get rid of and can't seem yeah. to understand that they're not in conflict. But anyway. Um, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> but I love that it uses kind of like the... What we do know of brain science to sort of mm. say, like, look, we know this about ourselves yeah. as human beings, um, and this is and how, how God and has how made our brains us. were were made this way by the Creator. He,
1: it's interesting um, because God has made us for relationships. God has made us for community. Yes, yes. but when it comes to a family a lot of Christians like I've had I've had Christians say to me before like well in my day they would get a black and blue butt you know or like you know things like right. that and they yep. think that that's funny and I'm not gonna make any statement on like spanking or whatever but I'm just saying is that really what it's about like that
0: right no. Well, I think that's part of. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to offend anybody necessarily, because I, right. I parenting is hard. Every okay? parent, yes, yeah. every okay. parent has to
1: make their own decision based on what yep, they believe, exactly. and and I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to yep. make anybody feel bad. I'm just saying. But I do
0: think we're sort of reaping the yes. idea of like just like behavior modification. Just get them to behave correctly. Yes. And we're starting to see how that has not worked. Yeah.
1: This book even talks about... It's not
0: creating what we want. Yeah. Uh,
1: One of the things that this book brings out that was totally a, a mind shift for me, and we've heard it said before, but if you give your child attention when they are upset or doing something wrong that you're spoiling them or that you're reinforcing that bad behavior. And I now disagree with that statement because I think that whenever you show your child love and affection, that is not reinforcing a bad behavior that's showing them that you love them and care about them. And clearly something is going on in their mind. And
0: please talk to me about it. Let's talk about it. Let's not push it under the rug or like... Right. I, I think to... people get lead from a place of fear and think, oh, okay, yes. I don't want to do. And yes. I've done it, too. We uh-huh. all we all oh, do yeah. that. But, I, you know, th- there's this place of fear, like I don't want to create X, Y, Z behavior yes. as a learned yes. learned response uh-huh. from the way that I interact with the situation. Yeah. But what's what we're missing is that it has nothing to do with. The, the action that I took related to that has everything to do with how I, re, how, like the, the, the connection or missed connection
1: yeah that happened. Yeah.
0: So if they missed the connection. Right. If I, if I just said, can't believe you're doing this. You, you know better. You, I've right, right. told you this before and you know, you're not supposed to do this and blah, blah, blah. That's a misconnection. Yep. And mm-hmm. so it has nothing to do with the fact that you, you know, that's almost like saying let's just put on blinders, yeah, and pretend something didn't even happen. Because right. otherwise, if I if I, if I say look this happened, then it's calling attention to it, and uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, it, no, that's not that's not the point. It's all about that misconnection right. where they feel right. like I wasn't heard, right. You yep. didn't hear me at all. You mm-hmm. didn't hear what I was saying. You didn't enter into my emotions with me yeah. and try to help me out through them at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, so easy to do,
1: but yeah, oh yeah, and I still, I still have times of really struggling yeah. with like. But what I that, love every situation is so different. And yes, you can't just give a. Like, you should do this, and then this, and then this. Because I'm a very, that's the kind of person that I am. But you have to take it moment by moment, and situation by situation. And that's what's so hard about parenting and relationships in general. Because nothing is going to be the exact same, um, you know, process. Right. So, yeah. It's hard. But...
0: It is. It is. It's just... But that's another thing that's so encouraging to me about learning some of the sort of science behind it. Mm -hmm. Because, again, as Christians, I mean, I I, I firmly believe science and God are not in conflict. He created the science. Okay. So what's so encouraging to me is to know how our brains work and that they form these connections. Mm Mm-hmm in it, your brain literally forms pathways mm-hmm. and the more you use that same pathway yes, yes. the more it becomes like just it, easier and easier to go that same route mm-hmm. and make make that same connection and you're building habits mm-hmm. but the thing is you really can rewire it yep over time Which you is can amazing. rewire a different connection mm-hmm. it, it it's it's all about the it's retraining your brain to make a yeah. different pathway yep mm-hmm. and we're built to be able to do that yeah which so, is just crazy to think about yep. <laughs> that our brain will can build a new pathway in your brain god mm-hmm. can build a new pathway in your brain yeah if yeah. if you will let him Uh huh. yeah it's it's that's encouraging to me yeah so yeah. anyway yeah and he can do it in our kids. So, anyway, yeah. or friends, or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, um. So, so do you have another recommendation? I do. This okay. this will be my last one here. Um, okay. And this one is I would call it more of a, um, I guess like thriller style. Oh, okay. You know, action-y type book. Uh-huh. Um, which I'm not usually a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, I used to read, every once in a while I'd read like a David Baldacci, if I can say mm-hmm. something, back in the day and some of those kinds of things. Um, but for some reason, I, I don't know, like I, I tend to have these sort of like periods where I'm reading more of one thing or yeah. another. Yeah. Um, and for a few years back in my, I don't know, 20s or whatever, I was really into it and I'm just not as much anymore. Um, so I was surprised that I enjoyed this because I picked it up thinking, eh, we'll see. But yeah. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, it's called Never and it's by Ken Follett and okay. i don't know if you know Ken Follett he's the one did you ever read um he had a series called um the pillars of the earth oh which was yep. about um like it was like epic like centuries long mm-hmm. like series um about i cathedrals. Heard of it
1: but i did not i have not read okay. it there was a
0: pbs show of it yeah yeah they made a show about it yeah um anyway and so it's that author Ken Follett so this is kind of a departure for him because he usually writes more like the really epic big like centuries and centuries and family generations and blah 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 kind of series things and this is just I my understanding it just a one-off one thing, thriller, action-packed kind of thing. Okay. So um, since this is this is my thing, I'll just read the... Yeah. I, I just do better just reading the thing. Oh, yeah. I'll take 10 years to try to describe this super easy <laughs> thing. So that's why I just like to read the little blurb. <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, All right. In the, Sah- in the Sahara Desert, two elite intelligence agents are on the trail of a powerful group of drug-smuggling terrorists risking their lives and when they fall desperately in love, their careers at every turn. Nearby, a beautiful young widow fights against human human traffickers while traveling illegally to Europe with the help of a mysterious man who may not be who he says he is. Meanwhile, in China, a senior government official with vast ambitions for himself and his country battles against the older communist hawks in the government who may be pushing China and its close military ally, North Korea, to a place of no return. And in the United States, Pauline Green, the country's first woman president, navigates terrorist attacks, illegal arms trading, and the smear campaigns of her blustering political opponent with careful and deft diplomacy. She will do everything in her power to avoid starting an unnecessary war. But when one act of aggression leads to another, the most powerful countries in the world are caught in a complex web of alliances they can't escape. And once all the sinister pieces are in place, can anyone, even those with the best of intentions and most elite skills, stop the inevitable? So there's a little bit of, like, arms race. There's a little bit of, like, um, espionage in sort of the Arabic areas, there's some uh-huh. of um, China and the political machinations of them trying to come up against their um, both their enemies and their allies and being dragged along by North Korea.
1: Hmm.
0: It's so it sounds honestly reading that, I'm not sure I would have read it, but uh-huh. I really enjoyed it. So well, I, it was I know really that really interesting.
1: I mean, you don't usually recommend like suspense would you categorize? What did you say you would categorize it as? I would
0: call this like a th- a thriller, like thriller. an action. That's what I thought action-y... you said, and I was like, Yeah,
1: I don't know, sh- yeah, but um you don't usually recommend those, so no. Since you did, it's interesting to me. Like, yeah, I, I would want to read it just to see. Like, it just made me. Th- it doesn't think seem like it's about... cohesive,
0: <laughs> like from what you read. But I know. Like that, that honestly, that description there, I'm not sure I would have read it based on that. Hmm. So I think the only reason I ever picked it up in the first place was because it was by Ken Follett. And yeah. Yeah. I've enjoyed the 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 things that I have read of him. Yeah. It's not like I've read everything he's ever written or anything, but what I have read of his I've enjoyed. So I was like, interesting. He's yeah. doing like a... Action y, uh-huh. you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking like Jack Reacher or Shoot 'em him, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. you know, but it's uh, to me, it wasn't, no, it wasn't like that. It was okay, I found it super interesting mm. and um, interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, cool. it made me think about, especially about like, um, you know, you th- when you think about, especially like maybe World War One, where mm-hmm. there really almost wasn't any, even anything to fight about, mm. but it just things just escalated mm. and we ended up with a whole world at war right you know so yeah. it made me think about some of those questions of like how balanced is society on any given day like yeah. what could happen that could just kind of tip the scales where yeah. i mean obviously as a christian i believe god's in charge of it all but mm-hmm. from our human perspective mm-hmm. You know, what could, what, what might tip the scales one way or another where things just start escalating and everybody's yeah. get you know, hmm. wanting to protect their interests and, pre- you know, Yeah. so I just found it that's super interesting. interesting. So, yeah, I would read that. I would yeah. give that a go. Yeah. <laughs> and you might hate it. I don't know. But. Yeah, but if I do, I could stop reading it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so. the beauty of Anyway, books. so those are my Well, that's a, that's a good, um
1: a few good ones there so yeah one I've already and read I, and then the other two I would like to read so
0: yeah and I've got so, I got three new ones to read so yeah yeah
1: so I had one more but it's not really I mean it's a devotional but I okay. picked it up at McKay's um, the nice. I sell trade and it was only a couple bucks and uh, it's Charles Spurgeon um, but it is revised and update by, updated by Alistair Begg, who I love. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, so I, it has, like, a mini devotion for the morning and then the evening. And the way it is written is so beautiful. I mean, I don't know if that's due to... <laughs> it's probably just both of them, um, a mixture. But yeah, I, I've only been reading it for a couple days, um, but it's just... It's beautiful, and I love it. And the way that they paint pictures in my mind, I think, is what I've enjoyed most of all about it so far. Cool. Uh, Yeah. It's just really a good, good devotional. And one that you can, because it's a daily for a year, so it's one that you could pick up any time in between or, you know, devotionals or just, like, if you want to do it once a week or whatever. Um, and I have been reading it, the morning and the evening one together, um, because there's kind of a theme for the day. Um, so I, I've i just really enjoyed it. So I would highly recommend it. Um, awesome. It's called Morning and Evening by Charles H. Spurgeon, and then revised by Alistair Begg. All righty. So there so you I go.
0: See, I see it right here. All right, I've got it. <laughs> it's going on the list. So
1: hopefully, awesome.
0: people have come
1: away with a couple of books that sound interesting to them, or at least yeah. one, you know, yeah, uh, that they can add to their reading list. Because we are all about
0: making your reading list longer, right? But not in <laughs> a not in a like way where it's like you know. Only if you want it on You feel it. dragged I mean, you, you down never, by you know, it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Don't yeah. don't ever be dragged down by it. If it feels too long, ax some stuff. Oh just know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I guess um, that's,
1: that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. You could yeah. pick and choose what you want and uh, always enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's about enjoyment.
0: Um Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, so do you want to tell where we're going from here? Well, do how about to? you
1: introduce the next book? Because I believe you've okay. read it, right?
0: I have. Okay. And so, I have not, so. Yes. So the next book that we are going to be reading is called The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. I'm going to have to write is, that one down. <laughs> I know it's a long name. The The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Some of you yes. may have heard of it cuz it was a I think it was a pretty good seller in its state but it's not new or anything. Um maybe one was it to mid. Do you know? I, I want to see oh gosh let me let me see if I can find it here. Okay. It's not it's not brand new or anything. Okay. Um published 2003. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's an older one. So yeah. um well older for you young guys it seems like Not that long ago to me, but anyway. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so and it's by Mark Haddon, H A D D O N, Mark Haddon. So, yeah, I've read it. Becky hasn't, so I kind of wanted to uh, see what she thought of this one. And uh, yeah, that sounds
1: interesting. So I'm excited to read it.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's a a shorter one, I believe. It's not.
0: It's not super super long. long. It's it. It shouldn't take people too long to get through. I mean, it's maybe like two hundred or something like that. Um, So not too bad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so we would love it if you would join us next time on Grounds for Discussion, where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend.